T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is WEEI Late Night with Brian Barrett on WEEI. I'm not sure anybody thought this would happen, but Pesels came in and just blew these guys out in the first quarter and never, ever looked back. But how about those Celtics? Woo! All right, welcome in. We are with you until midnight. A lot on the table tonight. A lot of meat on the bone. But let's start with the Celtics as they just dismantled another contender in the NBA, this time the Utah Jazz. 125-97. to 97. They outscored the Jazz by 15 points in the first quarter, 39-24. You could have told your kids to go to bed because the game was over after the first quarter. They didn't have to stay up to see the end of this one. You knew what the result was going to be. And at this particular point in time, this is the theme of the Celtics. They are throttling good teams, warriors. We saw it with the Utah Jazz. They are in complete control of these games. The Denver Nuggets. We're talking about an MVP candidate, Nikola Jokic, had no answer for the Celtics whatsoever. You had a couple of all-stars on this team, and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And I know Mitchell had his points, but he did it on 24 shots. He was 3 of 12 from three-point territory. And it wasn't like he was getting these points in meaningful minutes. What we look at is Jason Tatum has 15 shots, and he has 26 points in 29 minutes. Jalen Brown in 32 minutes has 26 points on 17 shots. These guys did it efficiently. Donovan Mitchell did not, right? So when you just look at the teams that the Celtics are beating, the way that they're beating them, I just have to ask at 617-779-7937, the number, again, 617-779-7937, the number, why shouldn't this team come out of the East and win an NBA championship? Why can't they do it? Convince me why this team is not good enough to win a title. Because I looked through a couple of things in terms of what this Celtics team has done especially over the past couple of months or so. But the defense has been there all season long. Now, it was ratcheted up to a totally different level really after the new year. But if you look at the totality of the season for the Celtics, they're the number one defense in the league. And (laughs) they're 5.33 points per 100 possessions better than league average. In an all-time offensive situation right now in the NBA, we're actually this month in NBA history – There has been no bigger offensive output in the history of the NBA in terms of offense. This is the most efficient month in the history of the NBA in terms of offense. That's not something that's not hyperbolic or something that I'm making up. I'm telling you, those are the numbers. This is the best offensive stretch 
in terms of league total that we've ever seen in the NBA. And think about it. It makes sense. We've seen all these 50-point scores and all that different type of stuff. The Celtics during this stretch have been absolutely dominating teams on the defensive side of the floor. They did it to the Nuggets. They did it tonight to a team in Utah that came in to this one tonight, number one in the NBA in offense. The Celtics held them under 100 points. The defense is going to be there all season long, right? So when you look at it from that perspective, the biggest thing with this defense is you look at Robert Williams tonight, four blocks. You look at Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year candidate. I don't believe he'll win it. We don't see guards win it. You got to go back to Michael Jordan and Gary Payton. Those are the only guards we've seen win the defensive player of the year. So unfortunate for Marcus Smart, the odds are just stacked up against him. And if it was me, if I was putting one of those guys in terms of the nomination, I would give it a Smart over Robert Williams. Even though Williams is great, four blocks tonight, 2.2 blocks per game of the season. Unbelievable. I just feel like Smart is the more versatile player and Smart does more stuff for this team. I really look at a guy like Robert Williams, and I'm not saying what he does isn't great, but he really benefits rather from what Ime Adoka does, where he takes him off the other big, and he has him roving as a help defender. Now, that's a great role for him. I'm certainly not dismissing that. I'm just saying what Marcus Smart does, defending essentially one through four, is remarkable. They have this switching scheme, which was really ratcheted up to a totally different level when you had the trade of Dennis Schroeder, and you brought in a guy like Derek White, who, yeah, his shooting has not been great, but he's an elite defensive player. We can all acknowledge that. So from a defensive standpoint, who do you attack on this team? Even Peyton Pritchard moves his feet well. But Peyton Pritchard, in the end of the game in the fourth quarter, I know he's been closing out some of these games lately, but in a fourth quarter, in a close game, you're not going to need to have Peyton Pritchard on the floor, right? So even if that's like the weak spot that the other team's going to identify, you don't need to have him on the floor. So you tell me, who are you attacking on this team? You have Tatum, you have Brown, you have Marcus Smart, you have Derek White, you have Robert Williams, you have Al Horford. There isn't a weak spot on this team defensively. There is nobody that you can point out and say, we're attacking this guy late. All these other teams across the league, they got to make that decision. If you're Eric Spolstra, and he's a great coach, not saying that he's not, are you keeping Duncan Robinson on the floor? Are you keeping Tyler Hero on the floor? Because those guys are going to get attacked at the end of the game. We saw Jason Tatum a couple of weeks ago get predatorial against the Brooklyn Nets. He said, yeah, Kyrie, whoever is getting covered by Kyrie, come up here. Let me get the switch, and I'm just going to roast him. That's what they did. They identified the mismatch. This is what happens in the postseason. This goes back to LeBron James. He used to do it all the time in the NBA Finals. Whoever was being covered by Steph Curry would come up and set a screen, and LeBron would go at Steph Curry. The Celtics don't have that weak spot on the defensive side of the floor where you can say, I'm going after that guy. All the other teams in the Eastern Conference do. DeMar DeRozan, angel food cake defensively. That guy is a weak link defensively. I know they got Lonzo Ball and Caruso, blah, blah, blah. I know those guys have been dealing with injuries. That's a terrible defensive team. Not to mention the fact you can't put Vucevic out on the floor at the end of games because you're going to roast that guy. Then you look at a team like Philadelphia. We saw how they played the Celtics, right? They just haven't beat and drop coverage, which means Jason Tatum, who's shooting pull-up threes at nearly 40% right now, he's walking into open threes, as is Jalen Brown. You cannot defend the Celtics that way, not to mention they have multiple guys you could attack on the defensive side of the floor, Tyrese Maxey and also James Harden. And the strategy's not good. Oh, not to mention this was Philadelphia, by the way. Philadelphia has a coach that's blown more 3-1 series leads than anybody in the history of the NBA, and they have an all-time choker in the postseason of our lifetimes in James Harden. The guy has two 2-for-11 games and one 1-for-10 game in his postseason career. 
So I'm not scared of the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bucks to me, are the team that, okay, they're the establishment, right? They've won a championship, and they had Giannis go to a totally different level last season. So, yeah, that's the team that I look at and identify that say, okay, that's the scariest team in the entire NBA. Even I can find weak spots with this Brooklyn team. And as I was just mentioning with Mutt, we don't know what the hell is going to go on with Ben Simmons. And even if he can play, he's a great defensive player. But he's a complete liability on the offensive side of the floor. He hasn't played in a game all season. He just got an epidural on his back. Do we know if that guy's going to be ready? So the Celtics check all the boxes defensively. Even if you're going to tell me that the Celtics can't win a championship, you, you can't argue with the defensive portion of the equation. Okay, so that's one thing. And look, this is injuries notwithstanding. Obviously, if any team loses their star, if the Celtics lose Tatum, knock on wood, I don't know why I said that out loud, if the Nets lose, like I'm not talking about if you have injuries. I'm saying the assumption this team being healthy, you have the defense, okay. Do you have a guy that can go head-to-head with anybody in the NBA? I think we already found that out, right? Jason Tatum has outplayed in the past, what, month? He's outplayed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's outplayed John Morant. He's outplayed Trey Young. He outplayed Donovan Mitchell tonight. Uh, he outplayed this guy, the MVP of the league, Nikola Jokic. So you have that portion of the equation. You have the star. And his confidence is at an all-time high right now. And he's at a point now where he knows what the opposition is doing before they do it. Remember, at times earlier on the season, when those doubles were coming out, Jason Tatum, he was turning the ball over. Now he sees the double coming, he gets rid of it quickly, and the Celtics are playing four on three. Another thing that happened throughout the season is Ime Adoka established that hierarchy where Marcus Smart is taking less shots now. He's turned into a distributor, and he's finally figured out his role with this team. He realizes, okay, I'm not on the same level as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as an offensive player, or specifically as a scorer, because Marcus Smart does things better on the offensive side than Jalen Brown, like create for other people. That's certainly true. But Marcus Smart kind of identified his role with this team, and he's been incredible with it. I mean, he's had some of his best games as a distributor over the past couple of weeks. I mean, tonight he has nine assists in the first quarter. Tied a franchise record. He ended up with 13 in the game, and he could have had more if he played you know, 35 minutes in this game if it was close. But Marcus Smart has been a much better distributor as of late. So when you look at all these different things, I am just trying to find a way. Like, you don't have that death star in the Eastern Conference right now. You don't have the Golden State Warriors from the Curry and Durant era. You don't have the Miami Heat with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You just don't have those type of teams right now. And with Milwaukee, that's the team to beat because they're the champs, and they just got... Brooke Lopez back. This team has not been the same in terms of defending at the rim in the restricted area. They're down almost 4% this year. They were number one in the NBA or number three in the NBA last year. This year, they're outside of the top 10 defending at the rim. Now, we'll see if Brooke Lopez can get back to who he is. But remember, that's a guy that came off a back injury. That's a real major concern for Milwaukee. So I look at the fact that the field isn't as strong in terms of that upper tier guy, uh, upper tier team. Now, the depth of the conference is significantly better. But the Bulls cannot challenge the Celtics. The Cavaliers cannot challenge the Celtics. The Raptors cannot challenge the Celtics. And I feel good about a matchup against Philly. I feel good about a matchup with Miami. I mean, look at some of Jimmy Butler's shooting numbers this year. 21% from three. That guy has been atrocious. Kyle Lowry is barely scoring. And look, maybe some of that is planned. Maybe he's trying to be more of a distributor. But he doesn't seem like he's the old Kyle Lowry that can just dial it up when you get into the postseason and give a team 20 points per game. So I just look at all these different things. And then the fact that they have figured out finally, it took them a long time to do this, 
but they have figured out how to play without Jason Tatum on the court. So they have realized, they've come to the conclusion that Tatum can play with the bench mob, right? He can play with the Peyton Pritchards of the world. He can play with the Derek Whites of the world. Basically, Tatum, he's system-proof. He's player-proof. You can put him out there with anybody on the court on the Celtics, and they're going to have a good offense. You just look at the numbers, right? The three most important creators, if you will, ball handlers on the Celtics team, Brown, Tatum, and Smart. With just Tatum on the court without Smart and Jalen, he can do it. The Celtics have a 114.15 offensive rating, a 104.06 defensive rating. That's a 10.09 net rating. So he can go out there with the bench group. Here's the thing that Ime Adoka has figured out. When they take Tatum out there in the first quarter, it's a little after the midway point, they leave Smart and Jalen on the court together. Because with those two guys on the court together, they can hold together the offense. A 4.62 net rating, a 109.72 offensive rating, which isn't great, but you can get by without Tatum, and a 105.10 defensive rating. So since your defense is still going to hold up without Tatum, having Smart and Jalen on the court together, they can create enough offense because with just Jalen out there, they can't sustain it, right? With just Jalen without Smart and Tatum, they have just a 103.78 rating and a 109.34 defensive rating, which comes out to not very good, a minus 5.56 net rating. So what Ime Adoka has done over the past couple of weeks is whenever Jason Tatum goes to the bench, he has, and obviously couldn't do it at the other night because Smart was hurt, but he has Smart and he has Jalen Brown on the court at the same time. So they figured out how to play in the non-Tatum minutes, which was a complete debacle earlier on the season. Whenever Tatum went to the bench, it was horrible. I mean, Tatum's on-off differential on the season is the best in the entire NBA. He's over 600, the only guy in terms of the total. And per 100 possessions, he's at plus 14. That number's going to come down because finally they have figured out how to play without Tatum. So the other portion of this is there's one other thing that I was questioning on whether or not the Celtics had enough to win a championship. There's one question that I had, but I feel like it's been answered. I'll tell you what that is next. The number is 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you here on EEI. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You're listening to WEEI Late Night. On WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, we are with you up until midnight. 617-779-7937, the number. If you're not all in on the Celtics, why not? Why, can, why can't they win a championship? you got to convince me that they can't because right now, I'm saying they're going to win it. I feel like they are. I don't feel like. I know they're the least flawed team in the entire NBA. That's just the reality. Like, the defense that the Celtics play, that switching scheme, Nobody plays that well in that type of scheme. That is very difficult to do. And give Brad Stevens a lot of credit for creating that as a roster construction when he got rid of Dennis Schroeder and he brought in Derek White. I mean, that allowed you to play that scheme because obviously Dennis Schroeder, the guy is what, like five foot two. You can't switch him like you can switch a guy like Derek White on basically everybody. The Celtics, what they're doing to teams from a defensive perspective, we'll get into the offense too. What they do defensively is... They force you into shots you don't want to take. Like, for example, the Celtics on the season, they force 13.4 mid-range jump shots per game, okay? That's the second most in the league. Teams do not want to take those shots, right? It's the Mori ball. You want to take threes. You want to get to the basket. You don't want to take mid-range shots. And the Celtics force teams to take those. You look at tonight, for example, the Utah Jazz. They ordinarily hit 36.5% 36.5% of their threes tonight because most of them are contested. They're six for 28 above the break. That's 21.4%. And they shot 16.7% in the right corner and 50%. They were one for two. Sorry. They were one for two in the left corner. So congratulations to them on that. But they also kept them four three point attempts below their season average. So on the night, they shot 22.2% from three. On the season, like we said, 36.5%. And they were four attempts below their season average in terms of three-point attempts. So the Celtics were just able to destroy what the Utah Jazz wanted to do from an offensive perspective. And the other thing I look at right now in terms of this team, what it kind of reminds me of is ordinarily we have these big favorites in the NBA. Like coming into this season, it was the Nets, right? The Nets were the overwhelming favorite. And we know like a lot of stuff happened as it pertains to the Nets with the James Harden situation. But you felt like, okay, it's going to be the Nets or it's going to be the Bucs or it's going to be the Suns like and the Warriors. Those are the teams that everybody expected. And that's usually how it goes in the NBA, right? The Bucs were one of the favorites to win it last year. You look back like during the Heat era, the Heat were the favorites. And then you had the Warriors, and the Cavaliers for a while. But every once in a while, a team just sort of shows up to the party, and you kind of realize, like, oh, they may just do it. Like, they haven't done it yet, but that team may do it, right? And that was sort of the Warriors in the 14-15 season, right? Because the year prior, they had lost in the first round to the Los Angeles Clippers. What did those Warriors do? Oh, they made a coaching change. They brought in Steve Kerr for Mark Jackson. Now, Mark Jackson was just an atrocious offensive coach. 
He was like posting up Clay Thompson. It was just a horrible offense. They were running like ISOs for Clay, for Steph rather. Like, and then you watch the Warriors with Steve Kerr. It was that beautiful game. The ball is flying everywhere, right? But a coaching change. They needed a coach to bring a scheme. Now, different from the Celtics, how they needed it, but they need a coach to bring his scheme because you just had to unlock it. You had a great shooter in Clay. You had the best shooter in NBA history in Steph Curry. He hadn't established himself yet as that, but he was on the verge of being the greatest shooter we've ever seen. You had a unique player in Draymond Green that was essentially playing the point guard position offensively but could play every position defensively. Right, So you just needed the right coach to push them over the top. And look, that team won 67 games. Obviously, this Celtics team is not going to win 67 games. But how about the similarities? You needed a coach to come in here that could establish a pecking order and a hierarchy because you had to get rid of the Bernie Sanders of coaching, right? You couldn't have Brad Stevens do it anymore where everybody was getting their shot. You get a shot. You get a shot. You get a shot. You get... That crap doesn't work in the NBA. Almost said something else. That does not work in the NBA. You can't play that way. The Celtics in the Orlando bubble had five guys that were attempting at least 10 shots per game. That's not how you win in the NBA. You have to establish a hierarchy, and that's what Ime Adoka did. And it felt like you needed Ime Adoka to do that because of the fact that the toothpaste was already out of the tube with Marcus Smart, right? You couldn't rein him in. He felt like he was on the same level as Brown and as Tatum because Brad Stevens has sort of enabled that. And you needed somebody to establish a pecking order and convince Smart, hey, we need you to be a great distributor. We need you to do this. This is your best role with the team. And he has taken off. And I feel like a lot of that had to do with when he got injured. He saw how the team was playing well without him. And he felt like, okay, I got to fit in and try to, instead of this whole idea of being on the same level offensively as Tatum and Brown, they just fit in all perfectly together right now. And then, like, Steve Kerr brought in that offensive system to Golden State. With the Celtics and Ime Adoka, it's his defensive system. He has decided we are just switching everything and give him credit for the role that he has with Robert Williams now where he's sort of like a rover. He's just all over the place defensively where you take him off the big, send an adjustment he made. Scal was the first one to point it out. An adjustment he made earlier on the season where he says, okay, we're going to have him off the ball so he can be like the best, the best help defender in the league as it pertains to shot blocking. And he's been that. I mean, he's tonight, four blocks, he's been relentless on that side of the floor. So every once in a while, we have this in the NBA where it's not the established favorite or at least one of the established favorites it just comes in and makes a run. This Celtics team right now is the least flawed team in the NBA. I mean, you look at that Utah team, and I don't believe Utah is a real contender, but that was the best offense in the NBA statistically. Okay, we saw what the Celtics did to them on the other side of the floor. They destroyed that defense because without Rudy Gobert on the floor, they stink defensively. With Rudy Gobert on the floor tonight, they stunk defensively. All these other teams, now maybe Phoenix is the other team that's like not flawed at all, and I, you can certainly make that argument because of the fact that they, when Paul tells you they have him, they have Booker, they have Bridges, they have Aiton, like that team is loaded. I totally understand that. But I just look at it right now, and I look at the Celtics team, and you got to convince me why they can't make a run. They have the superstar. Jalen Brown, by the way, is playing at a totally different level. And that was the big thing that I was worried about because – a couple of weeks ago when I did this, like, why can't they win a championship? The one thing that was sticking out to me, well, what Jalen Brown are you going to get, right? Because Jalen Brown at the beginning of the season was great. First 38 games, 24.4 points per game. He shot 44, 45.9% uh, from the field. He was finishing at a high level, 73.2% in the restricted area. Then the next 16 games, 19.2 points a game. Okay, uh, well, maybe he's just shooting less. No, he wasn't. 
45.6% from the field, but 27% on threes. And at the basket, just 66.7% when that was well over 70 for the first 38. Well, on that four-game road trip, he woke up, right? 27.8 points per game, 54% from the floor, 41.7% from three. And maybe it was just he was coming back from the injury. But what we've seen from Jalen lately, he has been the Jalen that we saw at the beginning of the season. So that was my biggest question. Is your number two guy good enough, right? Because we know Giannis has Middleton rolling with him. We know that Durant has Kyrie rolling with him. And at that time when I brought this up, Jalen wasn't playing at that level. But right now he is. And another thing that he's figured out, and it really sort of reminds me of Dwayne Wade. When Dwayne Wade figured, I'm not comparing Jason Tatum to LeBron, so don't go nuts here. But when the second year of the Heat, like that dynastic Heat run, I guess it's not a dynasty. They went to the finals four times in a row. They won back-to-back championships. But it was really that second year when Wade went to LeBron and he said, okay, this is your team. It's got to be your team, right? And I'm not saying Jalen and Tatum. I don't think Jalen told Tatum this is your team. But one of the things that Dwayne Wade has always been good at is he's an incredible cutter. So when LeBron had the ball in his hands, like that's not a perfect fit. Two wing guys, right? LeBron and Dwayne Wade. But they figured out how to play with each other because Dwayne Wade was such a devastating cutter. We saw it in the first quarter tonight. A backdoor cut from Jalen and another cut where he gets a wide open layup. And now you're looking at it. That's something that I don't remember him doing that as much last year. But he's figured out how to play without the ball in his hands when Jason Tatum's on the court. He's going to have more opportunities when Tatum's on the court but when, or when he's off the court. But when he's on the court, he has to figure out how to play without Tatum. You look at this, 1.41 points per possession on cuts. He's shooting 73.3% on cuts. That's in the 76th percentile in the NBA. So they figured out a way to play together on the court. And they've also figured out a perfect formula for when Tatum goes to the bench. You play Jalen and you play smart together. And the other thing I'll say is this. I've always thought this pairing could work together. The Tatum and Brown pairing. The numbers have always dictated that. And if you look at it on the season right now, of duos that have played more than 1,300 minutes together, the Celtics with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the court have a 13.8 net rating. That's the best in the NBA. Behind them at 13.4 is Tatum and Williams. That's second. Behind them is Tatum and Horford. So, yeah, Tatum's pretty good with anybody. But I always felt the numbers had always dictated, but I always felt those two guys could play together. But I do think now that you think about back to that time when, we're, when not me personally, but when that was a hot topic here, oh, can you keep Jalen and Tatum together? They don't play well together. Well, I think now we're seeing both things can be true. We were probably always right if you were on my side of the argument, that those two guys could play together. But now, since it's gone to a totally different level with those two guys on the floor together, kind of realize, okay, now that's why we're asking the question because this is what everybody was hoping for eventually, and we've gotten it. Now, I think a little bit was people were unfair based on their age, but now we are seeing it with these two guys. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. I am saying tonight, you can cue the duck boats. I believe this team is winning a championship. I believe it's going to happen. Now, you can't hold me to if Smart and Robert Williams go down. Totally different thing. I'm saying healthy, this Celtics team is winning the title. I believe in it now. Duck boats! Duck boats! Thank you, Glenn. I am fully on board. I believe this team can do it. They get the superstar. They get the best defense in the league. They have a Robin that is definitely good enough right now, not to mention all the periphery pieces. Robert and Al! How about Al? Al shooting north of 40% from three in March. Where the hell did that come from? He wasn't shooting well all season long. Peyton Pritchard is hitting every shot he throws up into the air. 
Derek White doing his thing defensively. It just feels like everything is sort of fitting with this team. And I know that sounds cliche, but the pieces finally fit. We just, we've never had that happen in this recent group of Celtics team. The pieces never fit. Now they perfectly fit and give Ime Adoka a credit or a credit rather for establishing that pecking order. Let's kick it off tonight with John. He's in a car. John, what's up, man? Brian, it's pretty crazy. Like, they're four games, four wins away from hitting 50 wins. If I mean, the heck with January. Like, if you said they were going to hit 50 wins back in November, I would have been like, wow, that's that's pretty good. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Hey, I just want to clarify one thing. When you talk about Jason Tatum, I think you should refer to him as – uh, you know, top five in the point scoring, you know, whatever they refer to it as, like, because he's neck and the neck and neck thing with DeMar DeRozan again at this point, because the total recall, points, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, the beginning of the season, it was where's Tatum shot? Was he in the weight room too much? Is he too stiff? Is he too big? You know, that that whole line of thinking now is, is really comical at this point. Yeah, it really is. I, I missed the I, I get out of I got out of class tonight and it was the third quarter. I missed the game. Like it was over. It's crazy. <laughs> I like I, I can't. I, well, I the can't game was over like, in the first eight minutes, John. I mean, they ran him off the court in the first eight minutes. There was no responding from that beatdown. What did I just see? A combined 108 points uh, uh, scored. You know, over in the past couple of games. Like it's yeah, it's just ridiculous. They the the swagger that they're playing with right now is. Is like they're not playing. They used to play down to the level and play up to the level of their opponents, but it's they're walking in the gym and going like, "All right, this is what Celtic basketball is." Yeah, they're wa- they you are know, destroying and- teams. Like they're out, John, right now yeah. to destroy teams and to embarrass teams. I mean, they just embarrassed it the is- MVP. <laughs> they just embarrassed this Utah team tonight. They completely. I know Steph Curry got hurt, but they were on the verge before Curry got hurt. They completely embarrassed the Golden State Warriors. Right now, they are just yeah. laughing at the league. The MVP got benched at halftime. Yeah. That was that was ridiculous. Uh, so if I'm going to be nitpicky, I'm going to make an argument just to, for the sake of making an argument. But sure. I think this is a legit nitpick. They do have a problem with offensive rebounds and second-chance rebounds. Like, super nitpicky, but that's their slight issue. That's okay. all I'm going to throw out there is their, their one thing. I, I think, you know, it's, when I'm listening to the games, that's the common thing that, that Max is calling out. And you can see it is the same thing. It's, it's nitpicky. It's not huge. They get, I forget which game it was the other night. They did get beaten in the offensive boards. So that's the only nitpicky thing I see. All right. Uh, fair enough, John. I appreciate the call. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. And at times this year, they have struggled on the glass. But if you look at it now in terms of the second chance points that they're giving up, they're at 126 which is the sixth fewest in the NBA. So they've actually been better in that category as of late, but it's a fair thing if you're going to nitpick something with this team. But (laughs) the two bigs on the floor tonight, (laughs) do you know how many rebounds the Jazz had in the first quarter? Two. (laughs) Two rebounds. Because Celtics only missed, what, two shots in the entire first quarter. Ridiculous. And John's point about Tatum's a good one because Tatum, remember, he really did struggle to find a shot for a good portion of the season. So if you look at it, since the start of February, he's hitting 39.5% of his pull-up threes. He was at 29.6% prior to that. Above the break threes, 38.3% on 7.7 a game, 34% before that. Threes in general, 39.3% on 9.1 attempts since the start of February, 
Prior to that, he was at 33%, 8.5 attempts. So all these percentages are way up. Not to mention he's finishing much better. 5.8 attempts in the restricted area since the start of February, 71.3%. Prior to that, in the restricted area, he was at 63.7%. It made no sense to me whatsoever that he was that bad. Floater range, much better, too. 45.3%. Prior to that, he was at 40%. Here's a big thing, too, kind of an underrated thing. He's cut out the stupid mid-range jump shots. He was shooting for a game prior to the start of February. Now he's only taking 2.4 mid-range jump shots a game. So that's a big thing. And you look at the percentages in total. 57.2% effective field goal percentage since the start of February. Prior to that, he was at 49.8. So, I mean, it's just a totally different player. And then you look at just his field goal percentage, the raw number, 48.5. He was at 43.1%. We all thought of the day, there's no way he's going to shoot this badly all season. Now he's turned into what he should be, one of the best shooters in the league. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Paul. He is in Westfield. What's up, Paul? Well, the 9-1 rip and March most points of any team in the NBA, of any team, it is time to wake up and recognize this is a green machine. And Professor Barrett, I was taking notes on your intro, and the point about Utah being the number one scoring team in the league held to under 100 points. Thank you. The way Williams played, awesome. The way Smart is distributing the ball, perfect. The way Derek White, White, he's reading the floor and also integrating to the floor. Sweet. Jalen Brown, like you said, it's back to Jalen. I mean, what can you say about Tatum? I think the only thing you didn't say is, and then the end of the game in the fourth quarter, when he decides to perform highway robbery, he's playing defense, blocking and picking the ball. I think he hit every point possible. This team is currently the best team in the league, the way they're dusting up teams and then holding them to low points. Our coach reminds me of Belichick. He's so smart and what you brought up about being able to read and ascertain which type of offensive plan the other team is bringing and adjusting it to them, and then the fine degree of forcing their weak player to take all the shots, which is difficult for any team, or take the shots they're not good at, which is two also bottom tiers. There's almost nothing the coach and the team aren't doing right now, which is, I promise you, all my spies that I have everywhere, they're all scratching their heads going, damn, what are we going to do about Boston? I don't care if we finish. Wait, we got spies out there, Paul? Of course. That's espionage, except they call it sexpionage. My women are everywhere. And if, trust me, bro. Whoa, whoa. You got spies? Are you like a political right. operative, like Paulie on the couch slash Paulie in the truck? Paul Christ, second common secret president of the People's Revolution. Everyone knows in Westfield, and it's whoa. real. And these other teams, Brian, are nervous, and they should be nervous. I'm with Thank you on that, Paul. Appreciate the call as always. His line's open at 617-779-7937. So just to put into perspective what the Celtics did to the Jazz tonight, The Jazz, as we alluded to, they came into tonight's game with the best offense in the NBA, 116.2 offensive rating. The second best team was the Phoenix Suns at 114.5. You know what the Utah Jazz's offensive rating was tonight? 105.4. Okay, 105.4. And to put that into context, here's how many teams have a worse offensive rating than that on the season. The Detroit Pistons, the Orlando Magic, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Celtics turned the Utah Jazz into one of the worst offenses in the NBA. This is the best offense in the NBA. And tonight, they looked like one of the worst offenses in the NBA. 
All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. A lot more to get into. If you do want to weigh in the Celtics, you certainly can. Why can't they win a championship? I've told you, cue them. I believe this team is going to win the championship. They have all the components necessary to win a title. But if you want to disagree with me or agree with me, that's on the table at 617-779-7937. If you want to weigh in the Patriots, they're on the table as well as this free agency period continues to happen. Tyreek Hill traded to... The Miami Dolphins, what does that mean for the Pats? That's on the table, plus uh, some disappointing stuff from Fort Myers. I'm very high on the Red Sox, but some disappointing stuff that happened in Fort Myers today. We'll get into that in just a little bit here on EI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to it. W-E-E-I Late Night. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. A lot to get into. If you do want to weigh into the Red Sox or the Patriots, both on the table as the Patriots just saw a division rival get even better in the Miami Dolphins. Not even better. I mean, their quarterback's still two. But they got Tyreek Hill. You can weigh in on that if you'd like at 617-779-7937. But I did want to hit the Celtics for a little bit more here because another big development right now is the Heat are coming apart. The number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So, first of all, they lost the other night to the Sixers when the Sixers decided to sit Joel Embiid and James Harden. They fell in that game when they had their players and the Sixers didn't play their guys. And tonight, the Warriors, without Steph Curry, beat the Miami Heat 118-104. to 104. Jimmy Butler, who is having a horrible season shooting threes, 18.5%. I was actually wrong. I gave him 20%. He's actually at 18.5% of the season shooting threes. So Mutt sent me this. It's via Warren Sharp on Twitter. I suggest you go to Warren Sharp's Twitter account and look at this. Jimmy Butler, I kid you not. I know he's an intense guy. I know he's crazy and all that. He legitimately challenged Eric Spolster to a fight tonight on the sideline. <laughs> he wanted to fight Eric Spolster. And you've got Yadonis Haslam. Yadonis Haslam, I can't believe this guy's still in the freaking league. He just get, I mean, this guy's got such a good gig. He just gets paid to sit on the bench. And apparently tonight, this is where he makes his money, separating or trying to calm down Jimmy Butler after he's challenging the coach to a fight. Like, come on, man. So right now, the Celtics, they have a real opportunity to get up to that number one seed. Miami's at 47-26. and 26. The Celtics now a game and a half back at 46-28. and 28. Milwaukee's at 45 and 27. You got Philadelphia in the four spot right now. Chicago's in the five spot. Cleveland's in the six spot. So you much rather, if you're the Celtics, get up to that number one spot than the two spot because of the fact that 
you want to try to avoid Brooklyn. And that's not like something soft to say. It just, it makes better sense. You want to give yourself the best path to win a championship. And if you can avoid Brooklyn in the first round, you want to be three or one. You do not want to be the number two seed because in all likelihood, whoever it is, whether Brooklyn plays Cleveland or Toronto, because now Toronto is right behind Cleveland. You realize Toronto now is just a game back of Cleveland. So you want to get to that spot where you can avoid the Nets because you much rather have that later on. And Brooklyn is a team that we know historically, not historically, they've been together two years, but the players on that team, they're always hurt. Durant's always dealing with something. Kyrie's always dealing with something. And Kyrie's playing at an incredibly high level right now. But you much rather get them deeper in this thing because you tend to get diminishing returns as those guys like last year, Durant, piles up the miles, right? And the same thing could be said about Kyrie and Harden. Those guys both get hurt. I know you don't have Harden right now, but you want to put more and more stress on Durant until he gets to that final series. You want to make the path for yourself as easy as po- as it possibly can be. So you want to avoid that two seed if you're the Celtics because that's the scariest team that you would have to challenge in the Eastern Conference outside of Milwaukee. But you get that one seed, then you can kind of have Milwaukee in the Nets. Like, that's the ideal situation for the Seas, right? Get up to that number one seed, get over Milwaukee, get over Miami, and that way, in the second round, or in the first round, you get Milwaukee and the Nets going at it. Or even if it's the second round, say, hypothetically, that the Heat are at two and Brooklyn's at seven. Well, then you got Brooklyn and Milwaukee in the second round. Like, avoid the two best teams other than yourself. That's the way to do it. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Adam. He is in Boston tonight. Adam, what's up, man? How are we doing, guys, tonight? I'm doing well, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. How about you? I know, especially after a 30-point blowout against a good Utah team. Yeah, it's a laugher, man, a laugher. I know. So I just kind of want to talk about, you know, obviously JB and JT been, you know, matching up evenly every night playing consistently for the team. But how Rob Williams, obviously, he's been getting shown. But how about Al Horford? You know, he came off Philly last year pretty much not doing anything, injured, and has been playing consistently as a starter for about 30 minutes, averaging about like 10 boards, 13, you know, every game. I'm with you on that, Adam. And, I like the move initially just to get rid of Kevin Walker's contract. But I said at the time when they did this, this was not just bringing back Al for the hell of bringing back Al. I felt like Al had something to give, especially with this offense where we know he's a quick decision maker. We knew he was going to play good defense. But I almost feel like, Adam, last year when Oklahoma City shut him down, they did the Celtics a favor, right? Because it's like he worked half a year. So he was completely refreshed coming into this season. And I would argue, Adam, that – this is better than he looked with his final season with the Celtics that last year where he was on the team. When I remember they, I would agree. Don't you think he's better now? Like, I mean, he, I mean, he was horrible in Philly. What I'm saying at an older age too. And it's not like he hasn't been injured at all. You know, he's been playing about starter minutes, about 28 to 30 every, every game. Yeah. And it's remarkable to me, Adam, that as the season goes on, He's actually playing better, right? Like, the one thing you could say about Al throughout the year is he struggled shooting the ball. Well, in the month of March now, he's over 40% from three-point territory. And so he's hitting all his threes now. That was the one question you had about Al. Well, hey, is he going to shoot the ball well enough? Because he hadn't for the majority of the season. Like, if you look at it throughout the year, in the month of February, 33.3% from three. The month of January, 31.4%. December, 28.9%. November, 30.6%. October 21.4, and now in March, he's over 
That shouldn't happen to exactly. a 35-year-old big man. Exactly. It shouldn't happen. He shouldn't be getting – I appreciate the call, Adam. It's remarkable. It's a great point by Adam. He should not be getting better. Like, Al at this stage in the season should not be getting better as a shooter. Ordinarily, your legs start to go when you're an older player as you go on throughout the season. Al has gotten better. Al has been absolutely remarkable this month. There's no way around it. So just think about this, what Brad Stevens did. i got to give the guy a ton of credit. He's really good at this whole executive thing. He gets rid of Kemba Walker's contract, which we all knew was an albatross, and he gets rid of the small diminutive point guard that just everybody can take advantage of in the postseason. How many times do we see it? Remember against the Heat, Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, hey, just bring up Kemba's guy. We're going to take on Kemba, and then the whole team's going to defend for Kemba. You're in a scramble. You're running all over the place. It just wasn't effective. And not to mention, you couldn't play him back-to-backs. Get rid of Kemba. So you do that. You get to attach a first-round pick, and you bring back Al, and people are mocking the Al thing. Like, oh, yeah, what's Al really going to do? Well, Al's been freaking good. Kemba shut down. He is shut down by the Knicks. So, yeah, he had to give up a first-round pick to get rid of that contract. That's why, because the guy can't play anymore. And Al has come here has been completely rejuvenated. <laughs> He's blocking shots left and right. Like the the other night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, three blocks. Tonight he had three blocks. There was a game against Atlanta earlier this month where he had four blocks. It's just remarkable what Al Horford is doing right now. And even me, I was high on Al coming back. I always liked Al as a player. Like when people like got on him for his contract, I never really understood it. He's a max contract player. I mean, he was at that particular point in time. He was coming off all-star seasons in Atlanta. I never had an issue with that. I never expected Al to be averaging 25 or 30 a night. That's not what he does as a player. So I was always high on him uh, coming back, but he's even exceeded my expectations. And especially the shooting. Like, where the hell did that come from? Let's get to DJ. He's in Jamaica playing. What up, DJ? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing well. So I'm, like, super pumped. Good, good. I'm I'm super pumped, super excited about the Celtics. We're operating on all cylinders. Our superstars, our role players, our coaching, which started off very shaky in the year. And then also, I, you got to give Brad credit for getting rid of the Kim, getting rid of Kimber, bringing in Al. But um, also, since we've been like playing super efficiently, super well, I was a little um, when they traded uh, Schroeder. I was like, I ah, thought we should have kept him. But that move to get Derek White in has shored up our defense, and we are playing, like, lights out ever since, like, the trade deadline. The defense is playing so much better, and it's translating to the offense. And I think, like, I'm so excited about the future because I can see young young players wanting to come and play with us and veterans saying, oh, I'm going to Boston. So the, the future is super bright. Yeah, I'm with that's you on that, DJ. and. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Derek White thing. It's a great point. I appreciate the call, DJ. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. It's not like one of these trade deadline moves where you bring in a player and he ends up averaging 25 points. Not that that ordinarily happens, but it's not that type of addition where you bring in a guy and it's for his scoring or something along those lines, right? No, it's not like a James Harden move where he's going to be one of the superstars on your team. But really what it was, more so than anything else, first of all, it's an addition because he's a premier elite wing defender. We've seen that. And obviously more of a guard defender than anything else, but he's an elite defender. I mean, you cannot argue that. You cannot dispute that. The other thing that he is, and I mentioned, I won't give you the numbers again, but he's a really quick decision maker. He's a ball mover. And what Dennis Schroeder was, oh my God, was it annoying. Small diminutive point guard. That he can be a pest sometimes on defense, but he doesn't play defense all the time. And here's the other thing about Schroeder. 
the dude hijacked the offense. He would just hold on to the ball, dribble the air to the ball. Tatum and Brown are on the team. Yeah, the Tatum guy's really good. The Brown guy's really good. Yeah, give the ball to them. Stop freaking dribbling at the top of the key forever, and that's the opposite of Derek White. Derek White is a connector in the offense. He gets the ball, and he wants to move it quickly. That's what he wants to do. That's his priority. Make the right play. Make the right decision. The one thing that concerns you about White is the shooting. The three-point shot has not been there for him whatsoever. He was at like 21% entering tonight from three-point territory. You'd like that to be a little bit better. But overall, you can't really complain about too much of what this guy's done. And that's another thing about Brad. You juxtapose him to Danny. You think Danny would have given up a first-round pick for Derek White? No chance. He made the Fournier move last year because he didn't have to give up a first-round pick. Right? And you look at Derek White, you say, well, is he worth the first-round pick? He's like the sixth-best player on the team. Well, he fits perfectly with the team. You think you're going to find somebody, what, 25, 26 in the draft that fits better on this team than Derek White? No. Like, Les Snead, the T-shirt, F the picks. Brad has embraced F the damn picks. I got to get rid of Kemba, bad defender in his contract. Sorry, I got to give up a pick. Oh, there's an elite defender out there. I can get rid of Schroeder. He can play a little bit of point guard. He can play shooting guard. He's going to defend well. F the pick. I'm giving it up. That's what I love about what Brad's done. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. If you do want to wait in the seas, they're on the table all night. I believe you can cue the duck boats. This team is going to win a championship. I truly believe that right now. If they can't win it, you got to tell me why. Why do you disagree? Why can't this team win a championship? That's on the table at 617-779-7937. We will get into a big move in the NFL, how it impacts the Patriots, and some really bad stuff that came out of Fort Myers today. We'll do all that in a little bit here on EI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.